Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend, my co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, I say this every week. However, it's been a while since I've seen you, so it's good to see you. It's good to be back. And a shout out to JP for co-hosting last week's episode. Um, appreciate him stepping in. And again, good to be back in the saddle here with you. Yeah, I mean, we missed you. JP did a, did an admirable job filling in. Andy brought a guest, which we can't be, you know, say enough gratitude about. Um, what a cool opportunity that was for me. Like, and I said it in the episode, it's like, it's kind of cool to be a fly in the wall as you're watching somebody that was coached by somebody else talk to them and have that conversation because there's just intimate sort of knowledge, right? There's these, there's like shared story, shared experience, shared engagement, shared everything in a lot of ways. And what's really cool about today's guest is we got that, right? You know, Kenny, cause you were in T for, for a long time, um, for five years, you guys were up there and I got to coach in his wrestling room. So there's a, there's a bunch of shared, like, uh-huh. Yeah, we get it. We under nodding along sort of in this conversation from all of us, which is a really fun thing for us to do because we try to get to the unspoken, right? We try and ask the questions that maybe we already know about, but we're curious because, Hey, I saw it this way and I tried to replicate it, but how did you do it? Also, Jamie, I need to say this publicly. I'm so proud of you for not getting us lost in the weeds. Cause sometimes wrestling and track get us derailed into times Some, that make no yeah. sense and weights that make no sense <laughs> and words that are made up. So yeah, they're, they're niche, they're niche sports a little bit. And I am a passionate dude. And sometimes like my curiosity, my, it just goes there. And so you're right. I refrained today. So you're welcome, everybody. So if you are, have made it to this point in the podcast and you're like, man, I don't know if I want to listen to another wrestling coach. This is not about wrestling. This is about program no. development. It's about culture. It's about pouring into kids pouring into each other and developing the people around us into better human beings, which is what this podcast is all about. I don't know that we could wrap it up any better than, than that message that Kenny shares with us today. Incredibly grateful for that. Yeah. And what is cool is kind of how we end the conversation is like, it is who he is. Like all the stuff that we talk about in this episode, just kind of like pour out over the top of, who he, you know, like it just spills out of him. And when you can harness who you are and the stuff that spills out of you into the foundations of your program, you see the success that they've had. And, uh, it's pretty cool. And surround yourself with people that are different from you and that give you that additional thing, because not everybody can be the same in the coaching room, right? Not yeah. everybody can be the emotional, outspoken leader in that room. And, and, you know, I think he's, he talks about that too, where it's like, Hey, I have incredible people around me all the time that are uh, growing and challenging me. So yeah, no doubt. Awesome stuff. You will get better today. Here we go. Kenny Geyser, what an honor to have you on. It's a, it's a cool time for your guys's program. You just qualified for the third state tournament birthday. Fourth, okay. Fourth state tournament berth in, in the program's history. A really cool thing for me because I was very, very anciently a part of these kids' process. I coached your seniors when they were second graders as youth wrestlers, and I got to be a part of your program and, and just have a ton of respect for what you guys do. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the program. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Um, it, it is an honor. You know, I'm getting to the age where, uh, um, People honor me because of how long I've been here. So it's nice to be honored for making the state tournament and, and having success too. So oh, uh, that's that's funny, coach, because I, I think you're right. I think there is a certain point in a coaching career where it's like, oh, you've been there, there's longevity, you must be good, right? And and clearly you're doing some really incredible things because um, you know, Jamie was just kind of filling me in on 
his past involvement. And certainly I lived in Thief River and for a, a few years and, and know that wrestling is a huge part of that community, but it hasn't always been. So take us back to kind of how it has grown into this, you know, really perennial section, you know, section, uh, powerhouse i mean you guys are clearly one of the one of the teams to beat every year and and that's not by chance yeah i mean and, and to be honest you know like keys to success and, and where this program came from let's go back to they, they cut the program uh throughout the 1980s brought it back in the late 1980s and uh it was kind of up and down for for the first 10 years it was brought back um starting in the late 90s they had a group of parents push their youth um uh, to travel and, and, and put some time in. And uh, when I came on board, actually, they'd had a couple of winning seasons for the first time in a while. So I feel like when I got here, the things were in place. I kept the bus on the road for the first couple of years. Um, and, and I think over time, it helped develop uh, the perennial power that we've become. And, and to me, um, keys to success, everyone might have different ideas, but, but Jamie Wagner is one of our keys to success. I think I tell everyone, um, make sure you reach out to everyone, have a staff, um, that you're confident in and never be afraid to ask for help, um, outside of, of my comfort zone and things like that. And, and Jamie's, like I said, he's a great example. I want to point that out because Jamie was teaching in Folden, correct? Spanish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. And, uh, I'll grab wrestling people from wherever, bring them in our room because I don't have all the answers, but I hope I can find the people that do. You know, so finding a coaching staff that um, uh, can help your kids in, in a lot of different ways, because I might be able to help some kids in some way, Jamie in another way. And um, so I, I do want to point out the staff is important. So uh, who's been with me for the longest? Mark Davis. Uh, I call him yeah. Mr. Prowler Wrestling. Mark joined uh, back in 1988 with the Prowler Wrestling program. He moved from North Dakota when they were just starting the program up in Thief River. And they asked him, they said, well, we're not going to have a varsity program. I think he was a ninth grader or 10th grader. Do you want to go wrestle for Oakley Plumber so you can have varsity year? He said, no, I want to help build this program. And he's still here. You know, <laughs> he's been huge uh, for me um, to have the success we've had. You know, and uh, on staff right now, I have Dale Ristad and, and Brian Casper, who both been here for six or eight years. And in the past, I've had uh, guys like Eric Attic and Scott DeCamp, um, yeah. who've also been pivotal. So building that staff is important. And then one more thing, you know, and I, I could talk about this for quite a while, but I think you have to take ownership of your program, kindergarten through 12th grade. Um, and, and I don't know if you've been to um, youth wrestling tournaments. I know Jamie has, but uh, they start wrestling when they're five. I'm not sure that's right or wrong, but we want to start recruiting athletes already at five years old, six years old, because every sport's trying to grab these kids and uh, in Thief River, it's a hockey town. And so one of the things we really work on every fall is trying to encourage kids why wrestling is a great sport for your uh, child to choose. So um, how do you do that coach? Do you go into the classroom and, and communicate that? What is, you know, I think there's a lot of coaches out here listening, going, Hey, you know, you guys are, you guys are North of highway 10 and in Minnesota, North of highway 10, like their wrestling programs are few and far between. Right. And that's like a three hour drive from there to the border. It's all hockey up there. And so you guys are fighting the good fight and winning in a lot of ways. Like, how are you going into those youth programs and saying, you know what, there's, there's a place for you here. Well, a lot of it is social media campaign nowadays, um, yeah. 10, 12 years ago, it was more of in the classroom, uh, go talk to the middle school FIED programs. Um, and just encourage people that, you know, wrestling might be a sport that fits you and, and push the positives of wrestling. Like nobody ever gets cut from a wrestling program. You'll wrestle your own weight class. Like, uh, you're not going to be a 140 pound middle or uh, defensive lineman facing up against a 280 pound offensive lineman. It doesn't happen in wrestling. So there's, we push the positives and I, I'll be honest. I, uh, we kind of got to get them to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit because wrestling's a tough sport. Yeah. When you get to where like my juniors and seniors are in our varsity, it's, it's physical, it's tough. It's a grind, which is what we love. We talk about embracing the grind, uh, love the fight, but early on you want to get them hooked. Uh, into that part of it because um and I don't, every varsity sport it, it's tough um but if we can get them hooked when they're young about the the positive attributes of wrestling uh that that's awesome and i have a lot of families who've come through uh, in fact a few seniors who their basketball families 
and they, they kind of uh, fell in love with wrestling in about fourth, fifth grade, decided this is the way we're going to go. Um, and they're two of my highly ranked kids and the families have, have bought in. So. That's awesome. I, the one thing I would say that you, particularly Kenny Geyser, has an advantage about when preaching the message of wrestling. It's like you live it, love it. Our, you know, like I, we had Ned Shuck on who's you know, just an unbelievably passionate wrestling advocate and now as a division one wrestling coach you are similar in your part of the world i can't think it many people that have done more for advocacy of a niche sport right and this is wrestling is a niche sport if you're in skating figure skating or some of these other club type sports that are niche sports you have to go to the wall for your thing and you got to be all in and passionate about it you do an amazing where did that come from like what is where is your passion for wrestling yeah, I, I don't know I, I've been asked that a lot and I, I mean I do have a passion I think that's one of the keys to um is being a successful at any sport is being passionate about your sport and, and wrestling uh for me is obviously one of my passions I, I've actually I've given a lot of things up I used to love to bow hunt um I used to love to ice fish well maybe in my 60s I don't know I'll get back <laughs> to that but the passion for me I, I gotta say it came back in my high school days my junior and senior year I really wanted to go to the state tournament as an individual, came up short. Um, you know, I, I got to see three of my younger brothers, or actually one of my triplet brothers wrestle, two of my younger brothers wrestle at the state tournament. Um, and I told the kids this this week, I really wanted to run through that tunnel of the Excel onto the mat. Never got to do it as a wrestler, but got to see three teams do it. Now these guys will get to do it. And so anyways, what I'm saying is my passion was I didn't achieve what I wanted to in high school, uh, but I love the sport, fell in love with the, the grind that is wrestling. Um, and you know, I, I had won two hardest worker awards as a junior and senior at the time, didn't think much of it, but I look back on it and, um, something I'm proud of. And, and we, we preach effort a lot. Um, and I actually pulled a few kids aside this week and, and they're not wrestling in the individual tournament this weekend, but they're two of my favorite kids because of the effort they give at practice, the grind they have, the passion they have. And so I, I think for me, I, I love seeing hard work. I love seeing kids. Uh, I tell kids this a lot. When we come in after sprints, I, I say, quiet, listen to that heavy breathing. That's hard work. I love that. Yeah. And, uh, I just, I just love hard work, you know, and whether it's, um, uh, you know, working on a dairy farm where my wife came from or throwing hay bales like I did growing up, um, small square bales, things like that, pride and hard work. And my wife cannot do me on this. She runs six miles a day and has run many marathons. And so hard work is something I appreciate. And that's what wrestling's about. So it kind of was a, um, kind of was an easy transition for that to be my passion, I think. Coach, I think you touched on an important topic about not achieving the thing that you wanted at that at that young age, right? And that really being the propeller to where you are now and that passion and giving and, and growing the sport and pouring into your athletes. How are you other than, I mean, you said you pulled some individuals aside, some, some of those things, but how are you sharing that message? Because a lot of times I think we get caught up saying, hey, if we achieve this, then my life is going to be so much better. It's going to be this, right? When in actuality, the things that we don't achieve really give us more potential motivation to, to do even greater things than going and running through that tunnel. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And you know, it's taken me 20 years to kind of figure some of that out. Um, I'd say my first five years, it was results-based, goal-based, what can we achieve? Um, and it's been a slow transition to effort-based, the process, so there's a good book uh, I, we read this this fall. I found it, and we've passed it on to our kids. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Josh Medcalf, Chop Wood, Carry Water. Yeah. Great book. It's a short book, but it focuses on process, effort, um, and it really kind of, to me, coalesced a lot of things that I've kind of believed in but never really put together. And uh, so one of our themes this year is Chop Wood, Carry Water and, and the process and the effort. And so, um, John, I think that that part about being successful because of what you didn't achieve. I, I talk to kids about that quite often. Um, there's only one state champion, yeah. you know, but in, but in Minnesota, there's thousands of wrestlers. And if they make it through a wrestling career, and I tell, I tell my seniors this every year, you have my respect for life because you accomplish something pretty difficult. You know, you show up to practice every day, you work hard. Um, you focused on trying to reach the pinnacle. Uh, everyone's trying to do the same thing. It's that effort and that process that make you the better person, you know, um, and that mindset, you know, and I don't know if you guys have talked about goal setting. Some people talk about goal setting is not that important. 
because it's more the process. The end goals are the result of that whole process. Yeah. Um, getting 16 year old minds to believe in that stuff, getting parents to believe in that stuff. Even me as a parent, you know, I have a yeah. junior wrestler right now that uh, my gut aches for him a little bit this weekend, how it's going to go, because I know he cares so much about it. Um, I have to keep reminding myself it's the effort. It's the be proud of, 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 of what you did. And then we always talk about, leave it on the map. If you walk out of that circle, when you're done, you're proud of the effort you gave. You're good to go. Easier said than done. No you question. Know, pretty sad. Yeah. So, so one of the things Jay, I, hold ahead, on. before, before we move on too too much, I want to get back to that book. You said you, you read it this fall. Was that as a staff? And then you kind of also mentioned passing on to your kids, because I think this is something that a lot of coaches and programs don't do, you know, yes, we do continuing ed. Yes, we do the, you know, the clinics and all that sort of stuff. But is that something you guys did as a staff? And then how did you pass well, it so on to your I, kids? My, uh, Mark, Mark Davis had mentioned it to me. And so, uh, so I ordered a copy this fall. Mark Davis is my, my assistant for 20 years. And uh, we start, me and him started reading it, fell in love with it. It was hard to get at first. Um, now they've, I, I think he has another printing out and he's written a few books. Josh Medcalf has about, uh, I don't, have you guys heard of Josh? Yeah. 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 So he, uh, and this isn't his favorite book of his, so I got to read the one that he likes better, but finding the time is tough. So anyways, we ordered, it's a short read. I think I got eight, nine copies and I passed them out to families, asked them to read them. Um, and everyone that's read, read it is during the book, they're texting me saying, wow, I love this. Yeah. And so getting the kids to read it, uh, what I've done is say, here's something that I want you to read. Chapter 16 of this book talks about this, that I think you're dealing with right now. Take a look at it. You know, so we haven't done a, a whole book study as a whole group. I, I think I might try it this summer. Um, but I think we've, it's, it started to make the rounds. Um, and we, we've talked about what some of the book preaches, you know, cause book studies can be a, uh, yeah. tricky area to go into. And I was a teacher when a principal makes me read a book. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And I love reading. I mean, I, I keep reading log. I, I read all the time. Uh, the only thing I have on my phone that I listen to is books on tape. Um, so it's not about the reading. It's when someone makes you read. So I'm trying to pass this out slowly and convince yeah. kids to read it. And I think it's making its rounds. Well, that's such an important point, right? Like you, we talk about all the time. You have to show before say, right? Like kids aren't going to follow what you say as much as what you do. And so when you talk about praising a kid's effort and letting that be the thing that defines the relationship between you guys, right? Like, I don't care about the results. I don't care about the outcomes that you're given. Like, I just want you to show up and give me hundred percent of what you have. And then you praise that and show up for them when they're tired. And you say, stop, listen to your breath. How great is that? Like that then tells them it shows them the thing that you actually care about. And so when the, when the result doesn't go the way that you want it to, or they want it to, let's be real. Oftentimes they're much more concerned with the result than you are. Like you said, it's tough to get a 16 year old to buy into process. Like you now, they get reminded, oh, I don't know that coach actually cares about that because he's never talking about that. He's never communicating that thing. He's communicating this other thing. And then you say, you know, hey, I'm proud of you just for going through this thing, like being able to show. And that's with reading too. Like when you say, hey, this thing really landed with me and I think it will land for you because this is a, you, you've read it, you've gone, you know, like, you know, the book and you said this is chapter 16, that's really good. I think that's more powerful in some ways than having the whole thing, like the whole team walk through it together, making it a prescribed sort of reality. I would, I would encourage other coaches to approach it in a similar way, in a, in a slightly different kind of vein. You talked about me being in your program way back when I know this about you because I saw it on a day-to-day -day basis. Like when you have good people in the room, like you will literally walk out of the room sometimes and go do some minutiae stuff. Like some of the head coach details, your trust in your assistant coaches is something to admire because you, you didn't know me from Adam. I'm a 25 year old kid. And you're like, you know, wrestling, go teach them. And, I, right. and to me, that was a huge part of my learning process. Right. I was, you're like, you got it. Go. <laughs> but, and for those that don't know, Jamie, you were a state runner up at Nickel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those are pretty good credentials. And when I, when I watched you talk to kids and, and listen to your podcast, now it's obvious to people you're good with words and people and explaining stuff. And uh, it doesn't take me long to realize I've watched so many clinicians over the years, you know, as wrestling coaches go to all, all sorts of clinics and you find people that are they're good at what they do. And, and Jamie was, and I'll be honest, I think, I don't know if you were one of the first ones that I did this with, but it seemed like I brought people in for a year or two that were around yeah. and just 
took what they could give me and, and let them run with it for a while. And, and there was a stretch of four or five years where we've had a few guys that could, could do that. And to be honest, what I learned about that, I did not have to show all the technique. In fact, what I've learned, you know, there's some great coming here. These kids will listen to somebody 25 before they will me, even if we're going to show some of the same stuff. And, I, and I'll be the first to admit now that I'm, I'm 45 now, some of the technique has gotten a little bit more in depth than, than I, than I can show. Um, and so I have no problem letting a younger guy step in and, and show stuff. And, and, and we got a group right now. Um, I always call them, they're, they're uh, a cult of hard workers, my 10th through 12th graders. And, and I, they know a lot. I mean, Brady Casperick and, and Kel Geyser and Griffin Lundin, they've traveled the country wrestling. Um, and so I'll even let them uh, show a lot of stuff. And uh, yeah, so letting people step in uh, and realizing this isn't about me. I've never been a, a, a my way, the highway type guy with running a program. I have an idea of what needs to be done. Um, and John, Jay Robinson kind of said this a while ago, University of Minnesota head wrestling coach. Sometimes you're an administrator as a head coach. Um, and so I feel I've been very fortunate to have people like Jamie Wagner, Scott DeCamp, Mark Davis, um, Eric Adding, and those people in my room to really help uh, with a lot. Andrew Youngbloom just left us. He was a art teacher, wrestling coach who for four years really helped her kids. And so I have no problem turning over the reins. And it's helped me, I think, with my longevity. If, if I had to be the guy all the time um, and had to take care of the administrative stuff and all the other stuff involved with head coaching, it would be harder for sure. So coach, you, you talked about attitude effort being kind of the focus and, and process and getting, taking a while to get to this point, but let's bring it to present day. You guys won in pretty dramatic fashion. The other night you get a pin at heavyweight to advance. And even though you are a per perennial contender, you were the underdogs. And I, I think people expected, you know, it could go either way, but you were the underdogs. And, and again, you, how much does that attitude effort process, how did that play into that day and, and ultimately advance into the state tournament for the fourth time? Well, you know, it, it, that's a good question. We haven't went for 11 years. Um, I think our section has, has gotten pretty tough and it, what, not, not that it wasn't before. Um, we were close uh, on the cusp of, you know, the last couple of years of going as well. Our, our older wrestlers, our captains, our seniors, uh, they talked about, wanting to win a section title all year. Um, and I let it go. I, I, for me that obviously I want to win. I'm competitive. I mean, if you know me, I'm a competitor. Uh, one of the things I think I've changed is I've learned how to be a much more, um, conservative competitor. You're not going to see after a loss or a win being, being as animated. I, I still jump pretty high on, on Saturday night. Got pretty excited. Lots of hugs went around, but I, I also, um, even during the duel, um, I'm, I'm the one having to calm down my kids. And uh, for that last match, I, I had to put everyone behind the chairs. Okay, in wrestling, you know, if you get too close to the mat, sometimes the refs will back, refs will back you up. So I think that's where I've learned that I want to win. It's They're going to keep score. Let's try to win. Um, I, I'm the one calming my assistant coaches down, my kids, like, all right, guys, behind the chairs. You know, and then when, when we got the pin at heavyweight, chairs went flying, kids went jumping. Um, and, and that's where also I've learned you have to celebrate the success too. Um, yeah. In the sport, I remember when I was younger, we got runner-up in a in the Sertoma big dual tournament Grand Forks. Parents wanted to take a picture. Said, "Why we got second? <laughs> now, now I'm like, there's so much heartbreak in wrestling when you have success. Celebrate it. And so, like yeah. Saturday night, culmination of a lot of years for some of these kids. Let's have fun. We stuck around, took pictures, taking pictures for 45 minutes. You got to celebrate those successes and, and have fun too. So I. I'd say this all the time as a wrestling guy, like the, the only fun part about wrestling is getting your hand raised sometimes like legitimately. And what I think great programs do is that isn't the only fun part, right? That's not the only part where we connect with our, you know, brothers that are wrestling with us. It's not the only part where we have some solidarity. It's not the only part where people pat us on the back, you know, like, it's so hard. We've you, you know, and we've had other wrestling people on it. It's just natural because that's where my relationships and my connections are also. And my heart is like, I would, I grew up doing that thing and I love it, but I know, and I like, 
yeah, I got second in state as a junior. There was a real hard conversation about coming back and wrestling as a senior, right? Because I didn't know that I could live up to that sort of expectation or whatever. I think part of the reason I do the mindset mental game stuff is because it was a challenge for me as an athlete. It was really difficult for me as a wrestler specifically because it's not fun. You know, we got second in state my senior year in football also. And like, there's 20 some 30 some guys that you get to celebrate everything with. You know, I walk off the mat, guys pack you on the bat, you win or you pack you on the back because you win. And then you're kind of alone again, you know, unless you go and reinvest in the team, you know, like what is the stuff that you guys do that you think connects you guys? Cause I think like wrestling is a solitary, lonely sport. Sometimes how do you do the connection piece that is so valuable in teams? Well, and that's interesting the way you bring that up. Cause I agree totally with everything you said. In fact, um, I want to talk about family and wrestling in a little bit, but it made me think of a, a, a letter from a mother this year. I saw one of her kids was hurt and I, she might've been from a different state, but it was a long uh, diatribe about wrestling and, and what, what a great sport it is. But at one point she says this wretched sport we love. Yeah. And, and the wrestling season is like your feet standing in quicksand to get through it. And it is, you know, like sometimes the only fun part is getting your hand raised. So I think we, what we've done in Thief, I've a lot of wrestling uh, programs to tell you the same thing. You build a family, which, and I never thought of it this way. It's a solitary sport, but most of my wrestlers and, 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 and I have four brothers, they're, they're involved in other sports too, would say wrestling builds the biggest family. So it's interesting. So how do we do that? I, I know what one thing we do is, um, you know, in the spring, we do a lot of freestyle and Greco wrestling travel together. Um, you know, and I think there is some, some, uh, family building in that hard work part of it, where when you finish a practice and you're breathing heavy and sweating and, and everyone's too exhausted to really do much. And you look at each other and you're kind of proud of each other and you take pride in that. Um, and then you spend so much time together, whether it's at these tournaments for 12 hours, um, you know, you just uh, get calling to- a buddy to go get a workout in. Cause your weight's not in shape. You know, it's like, Hey, let's go let's go get a run in, you know, Hey, I know your weight's in trouble. My weight's in trouble. Let's go get a run. Like you just get these silent, a lot of times moments. Cause you're grinding hard and you don't have the, the wind to talk or you're cutting hard or whatever. And it's like just being together in silence sometimes, like, you know, back when we could cut, we could go in the sauna, right? Like you sit in the sauna together and it's like, this is terrible, but we're here doing it together at least, you know? It almost has a soldierly military feel to it. And, um, you know, the other part, you know, we can talk about the weight cutting, but I don't want to because we don't want to talk yeah. really positive about this great sport of wrestling. Yeah. The other part is the hard work, six minutes. I remember I had a, a cousin that was a good basketball player, scored a thousand points, and we had a wrestling mat on the living room floor, and he finally wrestled a few times, and he's like, man, this is impossible. So getting in shape also takes that hard work. And, uh, and there's nothing as fearful as a wrestler as you're out there in the fifth minute and you're feeling tired. Uh Oh, so, and so you've got to work hard to get in shape. And so that part of wrestling too, that, that, like you said, you know, you're working hard together. You're uh, it's silent, but that's why I think it's like military soldier. Like, uh, Rand Paulson, a great, uh, he runs the pinnacle program out of Twin cities. His famous saying is love the fight. Okay. That is wrestling. That's more about the wrestling aspect. The other one I really like, I don't know who came up with it, but embrace the grind. You know, it's the sport is a grind embrace that part of it, you know, and I think that builds togetherness too. So you, you talked at the beginning about taking control of the program from, you know, the youth level all the way through to, to the varsity level and getting kids to drink the Kool-Aid. And part of it is that, right. It's, it's embrace the fight, you know, embrace the grind, whatever it is. I just can't help, but ask like how, how much more difficult is that? Or do you find it more difficult now to find those kids and get them to buy into that. I, I think across the board, we see kids quitting sports, leaving to go play video games or drive their car around or listen to music or whatever it is they do when they're not playing sports. It, it doesn't co- compute in my head, but I think across the board, we're seeing that. And, and I think partic- particularly with wrestling, when you talk about, man, it kind of sucks most of the time how do you get kids from a young age to buy into that? Or is that just unique to a wrestler's mentality? Because I was a basketball player. I've 
been on this podcast saying I've tried to wrestle Jamie twice and I outweigh him by a lot. And I got into precarious situations both times. And so how do you, how do you instill that? How do you get them to drink that Kool-Aid? Well, so it's a good question. I think one thing we have really going for us, our wrestling community in Thief River is, is large and they do a great job. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with our success. I and mean, we go around town, people are patting you on the back all the time saying, you have a great program. You guys do a great job. And for me, I ha- I'm surrounded by a lot of great people, whether it's my takedown club, which is our booster club. Um, you know, through the years, I've done a great job. And right now we have a, a really good group in place that that helps with that recruitment effort. Um, and I can, we kind of hit them from all sides. And, and I, I don't know if I said this before, but every fall in wrestling, for sure, you have to reinvent the wheel and just full court press your, your uh, kindergarten through about eighth grade recruiting kids, even ninth and 10th grade, getting new kids to come out. And I, I think our success has helped. I think we have a blueprint of how to recruit that helps. Um, you know, and so, so can, I, was, can I stop, can I stop you for a second real quick though? Cause I do want to clarify because if, if you are listening, you don't know Kenny and Thief River, we talked about it being a hockey town, right? And you're talking about recruiting kids, but you are maybe the most supportive of all athletics in your school of any coach that I know. And so this is not about, Hey, I'm going to steal a bunch of hockey, basketball, football, and I'm going to make them only wrestlers. That's not what you're about. So I just, I just wanted to clarify that because as you're talking about going and taking kids, it's not about just specializing. I'm going to create only wrestlers here. It's about creating athletes. Right. And then, so that's one of the things that's one of our biggest pieces too, is it doesn't matter if you're a track or, or football or, Wrestling will help you, even if you're basketball. You know, I can think of, we have a pretty good basketball team this year in Thief River. Um, I'm excited to see what they can do in the playoffs. And I think of their starters, three of them wrestled at one point. You know, at least some of their bench players. No, I know three of their starters wrestled. And so it kind of makes it unique uh, that way. And and that's the way New York Mills was. And Jamie, I guess that's the way Nicollet was. We did basketball and wrestling until fifth, sixth grade. We're starting to see more of that, you know, and uh, the program has arrived here. And so, yeah, we we want people to try it if it's not for you that's fine you know um but yeah good point it's and i do love all sports i follow sports um it doesn't matter which one it is my son's the same way kale is into everything in fact his he might tell you his first love is football um but you know we i'm just a sports nut and so i think that helps me relate to to no question yeah no doubt it does other sports too and then they see you at their other competitions that like that is part of this thing you know it's being a head coach, and I, when I reached out to you, I said, you know, like your head coach nature, what the things that you do as a head coach taught me a lot about how to approach being a head coach in my couple stints in that, in that process. Cause yeah, give it away if you got people that can help you, but also like recruit, be invested K 12. And at the same time, like go and support everybody, like be passionate, be who you are. Like if you're passionate about wrestling because that's what you do, like, it's part of it is being passionate about competition. So if you go and watch a basketball game, that's 72 70 with a minute left, like I want to be all in, you know, cause that's who I am. You know, it doesn't, I'm not bitter because those kids aren't in our program. I'm excited because they're in our school, you know, like that's the capacity to, to communicate to those kids. You have value no matter what you do. If you wrestle, we're going to get to spend more time together. And I'm going to be excited about that. Like that's a really cool perspective to have i, I think I you at, own that yeah i teach at the high school and i have fun with kids you know i uh basketball player made a couple three-pointers you know and um talk about that the next day they lost a tight game to dgf who's number one in qrf in our section i i got to watch the last 10 minutes on um streaming that's one new thing too you can almost yeah. watch the game so i'm gonna get home and i knew it was gonna be i thought it was gonna be a good game watched it and we lost in overtime what a great game and um both teams stalled in overtime by the way by the way uh, <laughs> can't wait till minnesota gets shot clock it's um, coming. It's coming. You know, I think DGF took one shot from the perimeter and it was one second left to win in overtime. Um, but then you can talk to the kids about that. And, you know, um, and that's why I love what I do. And in fact, for me, why I have the passion, why I do what I do is because of the kids. Like this weekend, there's gonna be some tears, um, some smiles. And a lot of times there's happy tears too. Uh, I think Jamie, you, you alluded to this, but like when a kid loses, for me, it's all about him his emotions. I feel sad that he's sad, you know, and I, I'm just so invested in them. Um, they're kind of like all my kids. Yeah. And, uh, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Um, kids know I might cry. Uh, I, I might, might get angry, things like that. 
but I am who I am. Um, and I don't, I never knew what kind of coach I'd be. I remember when I got the job, I wasn't sure I was qualified first tournament. I'm jumping and yelling and, and, and excited for every kid. And I've been that way 20 years later. When I stop being that way, it, it's time to step back, you know? Yeah. Um, and the stress of coaching every winter, you know, I, I got, I have six kids, you know, and a wife who teaches full time. It, it gets hard um, every year. Um, but you remind yourself this time of year, why you do what you do. Um, you know, and it, it's a, it's a balance, you know, and that's one thing I do want to point out. I've coached for 20 years. I want to see young people coach longer. I think that's yeah. something I miss. Young people take jobs in our district, coach for two to four years and they're gone. Our kids need to be coached by somebody. My kids have to be coached. I can't coach them all. In fact, yeah. I refuse to coach. You know, I coached my son in wrestling. I did baseball for a little bit and said, that's enough. I need someone to coach volleyball and basketball and cross country and all these other sports. So I, I would love these younger people to, to hang on. It's worth it in the long run. So I, I you said something that triggered a thought I had been having when knowing we were going to talk to you, you are honest to a fault. I think like you have, you've probably rubbed some people the wrong way in probably all areas of your life because of your honesty. Like, and I think in the wrestling community, people know Kenny, like Kenny's going to tell you what he's thinking. If you stepped across the line, like he's going to let you know about it. He's going to be who he is. Right. How does that help you with the kids? Cause I think that's a really power. I think sometimes we hold back with the kids because we don't want to admit that we made a mistake. I've seen you do that. I, we don't want to admit that uh, maybe we're frustrated with them because we, we think that that's going to communicate the wrong message or whatever. How does that honesty give you an in and an advantage in coaching, you think? I think being real. I, you know, I mean, I, I've said this a lot. People never have to guess what Kenny Geyser is thinking. You'll know. And, and I feel like also with that, there's no arrogance. I, humility is one of my traits I feel is really important. And so I'll be real with the kids. I made a mistake. I should I shouldn't have bumped you up to that weight. That's on me. Yeah. I'm, I'm take I'll take the credit, the blame for that. Um, and and so humility in in honesty, admitting that you're real, and that's as a teacher too. I mean, I make mistakes. Yeah. As a teacher, you know, like uh, we all make mistakes. And so I think that makes you more real to these students and athletes. And, and I think that's part of why I'm not sure. It's just it's who I, I've always been. Um, and so. Um, I think it rubs off on the kids too. They take more ownership. But being there every day, I saw how it allowed people to feel like they could connect with you. You know, like to me, that, that is a really big part of it. I just think about, you know, I go back to like Craig Williams and Holden Nelson and those guys, like they were just like, Hey, I got to tell Kenny this, right. It was, they were then honest, right. Cause they're like, if he finds out and I didn't tell him, like he's going to lose it, you know, or whatever, like, or, I don't know this thing. I feel uncomfortable about this thing. I'm going to go talk to Kenny, right? I'm going to go talk to, I just thought that that was a, a really powerful thing that coaches need to understand. It's like this, it actually opens the door to these conversations in ways that maybe you aren't getting right now because it's like, well, I'm the adult. We have to have some, and I'm sure there are boundaries. Right? I, I know there are boundaries, but I, don't be afraid of, of being transparent either right like have some transparency and admit your mistakes and, and you got a chance yeah and i think you know like hugging them when they do something well and when they yeah. do something wrong yeah it's important that, as a father and as a as a coach you know um wow. you, you got to love your kids all the way and um and that means embracing their faults their successes all of it and that's that's not easy as yeah. a father and as a coach um but I think for me, like I, I keep coming back to, I'm invested in these kids. I care so much about these kids. I, I live and breathe each match of theirs. And it's, uh, it's not when they lose that I care about the winning and the losing. I, again, it's them. It's their, their emotions. I want to hug them and say, it's okay, Jimmy, you'll be fine. You know, and I think that, um, and parents see that too. And I've, I've had lots of parents over the years say, we love that about you. And I don't even know that I'm doing it, Jamie. It's just, yeah, know, who I am. It, it just spills over, right? It's just who you are. I love it. I love it. I, I think it's great. Coach, when you, when you think about, you, I mean, you talked about coaches coming in and younger coaches coaching for a couple of years, Jamie and I both kind of fall into that category where we coached for several years, more than a couple, but now we're coaching in a different way where we work with multiple teams or individuals, but what, what would your advice or your encouragement to young coaches be to enable them to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to stick through this because 
especially those first few years, we all know talking about a grind, you know, especially as a head coach and a first time head coach, you know, those first few years, you have all no the things you would love doing. doing and want to do. You don't get to do anymore. Right. Cause you're in the administrative part of things like, Oh, I love technique. I love scheme. Oh, yeah. That doesn't matter to somebody else in charge. Of that. So, so how would you encourage and, and, um, motivate those young coaches to stick with it and, and to continue? I would remind them why they chose to be a teacher and coach in the first place. Um, and that it's, it's, it's for the kids, you know, and, and I know that's it's a little cliche, but somebody coach them. Somebody's going to coach their children. We all need to step up and, and help these, these kids out. And I I've seen this, I tell you what, it's hard finding coaches uh, in every sport. Um, so I think one of the biggest keys to our success is we hire anyone that's got any wrestling background. I'm meeting them day one. Yeah. Uh, you're hired. You want to help? doesn't matter. You're hired. You know, it's so all like, and we have a booster club that can afford to pay some of these extra coaches too. Um, yeah. You know? And so, but anyways, yeah, getting back to, you got to remember why you're doing this and just doing two to four years. I don't think does yourself justice. I, I don't know. I'm 45, but I'd like to think when I'm 60 and someone that only coached for four years and they're 60 would say, yeah, maybe I should have, could have done it longer, you know? And I'm not saying everyone has to do it for, for 20 some years like I have, but, but uh, just because it gets stressful and time gets tough and they do, they did in year one, they do in year 20 um, and parents, some parents are going to hate you. Some, but you know what? They care about their kids too. We all want the same thing. And so I'll tell parents this all the time and they'll, they'll advocate for their kid. I say, if you're not going to advocate for your kid, sometimes who's going to, and that's fine. You know, and a lot of people don't have that. I have an open door policy. If a parent wants to complain, complain. Uh, and I've been here long enough. It makes it easy for me to say that if you're a young coach, I think that's tougher, but just remember why parents are the way they are. They love their kid. And sometimes they can't see things clearly and that's okay their kids need to be loved too. And so I don't know, it's, it's, uh, I have thick skin. Okay. That's important too. Um, and remember in the end, you're doing this for the right reasons. And, and if you continue to do it, you will impact a lot of lives and, and it will be worth it, you know? And I know that's, uh, again, a lot of words that maybe don't mean anything to a 25 year old. I want to encourage kids to keep coaching. I think they'll find the value if they keep doing it. Well, and I, I think also you talked about it is about the kids and 100% it is, but you as a coach, if you can get through those two to four or five years, you individually now are also transformed and changed because you learn so much about yourself, about your team, about dealing and communicating with parents and administration and all of those things. And that translates into the rest of your life, whether it's, you know, whether you're a teacher or not, or whether you have kids or not, that translates, you grow as an individual. We talk a lot about, Hey, give it away. And you're going to get so much more back in return. And that's, that's true. And I, I think that's the other encouragement that I have for young coaches is, Hey, stick with it because you are also transforming into something that is a much better version of yourself. If you are able to get through it. Yeah, that's, that's really well said. Yeah, I, I like how you said that because I agree. Um, some people sometimes are afraid to give too much of themselves. Oh. The more you give, the more you get back. One thing I'll, I'll point out too, you know, it made me think of it. Coach Mom is going to Michigan for a um, football clinic. I, you guys know Coach Mom, our yeah. longtime football He's coach. been on the pod. Yeah. Yeah, I talked about it yesterday. Yeah, I forgot. I knew he was. And uh, for him, it's the camaraderie of the coaches you've met and worked with through the years and the kids. It, it develops into this family that you still have, you know, and for me, it's, it's, it's Mark Davis and Scott DeCamp, um, Kevin Thimble, who's back coaching with me and these other coaches from the area that you, you get to know. And so it becomes a, a big part of your life and you won't regret that part, you know, and um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to explain until you get to that stage. And for me, I don't know when I got there, um, but I'm there. And, you know, I, and for me, I, I could step back as a head coach if, if someone wants to come in, but I, I would still coach just because it's so much a part of who I am right now is wrestling and coaching these guys. So, Well, uh, it's an awesome way to, to end it coach. It is who you are. Right. And I think that is an amazing message to give. Like it becomes who you are because of the work you put in. I, I, we talk about hard work with the kids. When you put in that hard work, you become something else as a result of it. And, and over time, it becomes part of your identity. And that's okay, right? As long as that identity is not tied to, did I do okay? <laughs> you know, like, did right. I do Did yeah. I do well, right? Yeah. That's a really healthy way to be. Because like, like you said, wrestling specifically, 
I think in a lot of ways is this tight knit family. I can walk into a wrestling tournament and see 30 people probably that I know because, Oh, they're a parent of a kid that I used to wrestle against. So that's a coach. What an amazing community to be a part of. But if you walk out the door too soon, or if you don't go and ask, ask the question when you don't know, like those relationships are never built. So let it be who you are and let it kind of pour out of you. I think you do that in an amazing way. And thanks for what you do. Good luck this weekend in the individual section and in two weeks when the team goes down to the state tournament, we'll be, uh, we'll be cheering for you. Thank you guys. You know, you do, you do a great job with your podcast and I, I think I figured out how to work that on my phone. So I, I'll probably go back and listen to the 90 some over the next few months. And um, it, it's awesome. Thanks. Thanks guys. Appreciate it coach. Say it all again, Jamie, because you just, did the out and the takeaways and, and it was so good. And I, again, coach Kenny, um, joining us, incredible stuff, incredible juice. You know, we talk about bringing the good juice all the time. And that is a guy that just lives and breathes pouring into other people in a way that, um, you know, is, is, is to be admired for sure. Well, and what I was saying is like, I just have so much respect for what they've been able to do in their longevity of success, in their continued success. And that just like everybody, they have their ups and downs, right? And I've, you know, because I've coached a lot of these kids, like from, you know, I was the youth program coach when I was there, right? The booster club paid me through the youth program. And I was also a part of that high school program. And that was kind of the organizational structure that Kenny put me in. He's like, we're going to pay you through the youth. So go and be a part of the youth. But the real reason we want you here is, you know, like, to help with varsity also. Right. And so I, I have known these kids at a, like all their high level kids were in the youth program. Like for the last, and so I've watched their program for the last 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. And it's like, they're always good. And it's really hard to do where they are. Like they're the only school with wrestling for 45 miles, 50 miles. Right. And so they, they don't have the capacity to be like, Oh, there's a kid from another school, which ha happens in sports. Like there's another kid from another school. We're going to go to the best school in the area and contribute to that school. That doesn't happen up there. They don't get that opportunity. They, they have to rebuild from the bottom consistently. It's always what's in our program. How do we continue to, you know, do the booster thing really well? How do we continue to pitch and promote our program and it comes from people like mark davis have been there for 20 years it comes from that longevity that kenny's had and the stability that the program has had as a result of those guys and you know they they're not year in year out competing for state titles but they are so consistently above average that it is worth admiring and the things that do it are so subtle and you heard them Kenny talked about them all, but it's not like do this 30 days to success program. It's love them, right? When they win and when they lose, teach them to love the hard work, Make, you know, drink the Kool-Aid is this thing is, is tough, but we're going to love the process. We're going to, we're going to chop wood and carry water. And that is ingrained from very early on. And then there's a community of people. The parents in that community are great. Um, the, the community at large is great. That just supports the sports process all across the board. And I think Kenny's joy about being involved in all of the sports is part of why parents are like, yeah, when wrestling's doing really well, we're going to be all in and on board, you know, and even when it's not. But I think the argument too, he talked about parents a little bit and understanding their perspective and advocating for their kids. And, yes. you know, I think as in athletics, parents right now are a little bit on the hot seat in terms of like from, for coaches, there's, there seems to be attention, you know, and this is not a new thing, but it's, it seems like it's more vocal with social media and all the ways to communicate and whatever. But the reality is that Jamie is almost every community and I say almost because I think there's probably an outlier where there's a community where parents, you know, are against the school and the coaches and the whatever, but everybody wants to be supportive. Everybody wants to be successful and for their kids to be successful and grow. And, but you have to do it in a way that includes them. Right. He talked about creating this family and, mm -hmm. and being authentic and being real and, 
that is something that as coaches, we can, we can certainly learn from in terms of, Hey, this is who I am. I need, and, and it's not about being abrasive or, you know, making people upset and not like you, but it's, it's about being who you are. And if it's not the right fit, then it's not the right fit. But clearly he has found a home there in Thief River and built that thing where it is a family. And that's also why they are continually above average because there's a high expectation. And it's a subtle thing, right? Like he said, not every coach is comfortable having an open door policy, right? but at the same time, like when you have that open door policy, now they don't have to go to social media to have their voice heard, you know, like, and when a kid is hugged when they win and hugged when they lose, they see that the the coach is like, okay, context doesn't matter. They care about my kid. I'm going to go and bring my concern because they care about my kid and I care about my kid, you know, like, and to be fair, every program has its, has its challenges also, and they are not without their challenges. I know that for sure. And, you know, every coach has their problems. And I know that like, that's true of Kenny also. And they keep showing up to compete for section titles as a team. They keep putting individual athletes on the podium at the state tournament. They keep having youth programs that have big numbers. They like, when you see a program that does something well and is modeling it well, ask questions, find answers by learning from these things. And there are, there are communities around you that are doing it. Have the humility to go and ask, what are you up to, man? Well, and even he talked about that, right? Yeah. You know, we talk about them being perennial contenders and, and still one of his first things that he said is if you, if you have experience and I can learn from you, I'm, I'm taking that from you. I'm bringing you in. I'm learning from you. I'm asking questions. I'm seeking help. And so that's a guy that's been doing it for 20 plus years, had a ton of success, and he's taking a team to the state tournament. And he's saying, I don't have it all figured out. I'm going to learn from other people. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And that was that was my experience, right? I Like I said, I'm 25, 26 years old. One of the first rooms I've ever been, you know, I started coaching when I was 20 in wrestling. So I'd actually bounced around quite a few rooms before I got to Thief. And then he walks me, like I walk in the door and he's like, you got, you got this? Like, you want to, you want to show high crotches? Okay, go. <laughs> like, Perfect. What do you do? What's your best shot? Show it. You know, like what, what a gift that was for me to say, oh, the head coach has confidence in me. And now he's doing it with his kids, with his athletes. What if that's something we can learn from, right? You do this really well, show it. I believe in you. I have confidence in you. Go. Yeah. Cool gifts. Thanks again to coach for joining us. Thanks again to you as a listener for joining us on this journey. We'll be back again next week with another incredible episode. And as always, the vibes up.